Welcome into Two for One Drafts. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner on the Wednesday edition of Two for One Drafts. We're talking combine still. We talked about some winners and losers on the offensive side of the ball on the Monday edition. Today, we're going to go over some winners and losers on the defensive side of the ball. Some good names here. We're also going to finish the podcast with a Tristan Wirfs interview. Mm-hmm. Talk to him a little bit. You're going to have to bear with me. Audio wasn't great. Blame Tristan Wirfs Wi-Fi at home, but he did drop some good nuggets. I, I, the, big, the craziest thing that from that Wirfs interview, to tease it just a little bit, he said he didn't have to beef up to 320, didn't have to cut to 320. He said he's been 320 pounds pretty much since his freshman year at Iowa. This guy is just like true 320. Dude's true nice 320. enough to give you an interview and you throw him under the bus about his Wi-Fi. Jeez. I know. That's, nice. that's no true. We're, we're never going to get any more. But with yeah. Worfs, he said at Iowa, you weigh in, I think, two or three times a week. And he said you always have to be within two pounds of like your listed weight. Like they yeah. keep you at that weight. I thought that was pretty interesting. Did you, you talk to him about wrestling at all? Because I watched some of his wrestling highlights in high school and that's like... Watching guys who are O linemen and then watching the wrestling hats. It's just, just all, watching it's guys fun. wrestle. I, I get with you, but I mean, with Tristan Wirfs, two dudes going I, at it. I That's did not ask about the wrestling, but I did ask a, a handful of things. He thought also most important drill at the combine for offensive linemen that best translates to success in the NFL brought up and he crushed it. So mm. that's where we are. Oh yeah. The, one, the drill that I just set the record for That's the one that translates. <laughs> to success. That, but I would agree with him. He said no, explosiveness yeah, in your hips, all these things, but I definitely encourage you to listen to the end of the podcast for that worst interview. Let's get right into though, the winners and losers from the combine on the defensive side of the ball. If you want to hear offense, go listen to the Monday edition of the podcast. We're doing defense today. Winners right now. We got to start with Texas A&M defensive interior, just, in Matabuike. I really do like this guy's film, and I'm yeah. so happy that he's also a winner at the combine. We knew he was going to test well, but now I think he's coming on other people's radars as well. Yeah, 293 is undersized. Uh, it's three tech size, but then he had 33 and a half inch arms, which that's good for the position. And then a 483-40. Love that get off. And then a 737 cone is good for that size too. Like those are having that turning ability and that get off. And then 31 bench press reps, pretty much every drill. Knocks it out the park there. So, uh, yeah, the dude, I mean, that's that's what kind of I wanted to see Ross Blacklock do. Yeah. TCU defensive tackle. I thought they would be similarly in that regard. Now, Blacklock was fine. Like his testing, he ran 4-9. Uh, didn't quite have the change of direction. Didn't quite have the bench reps. But uh, I think Matabuke probably, those two were on similar plane in my eyes before that going to lead Matabuke now after that. And with Matabuke, to, to reiterate, six foot two and five eighths inches, 293 pounds, a 483 40-yard dash. Did not do the vertical or the broad jump, yeah. which I thought it's, was interesting. But when you run a 483, I think you've pro- you're good. Like, oh, man. Like, and I bet you his 10-yard split, we don't get the official numbers for that for a little bit here. I've already reached out to try and get those. But he's, he showed he was explosive. The amount of guys is, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant here. The amount of guys that didn't do a full testing run because of the way the stupid NFL testing at night and like these guys, agents being like, Hey, don't, don't do this drill. Don't do that drill. Like it's, it was absurd. Like in years past, pretty much like the majority of guys, if they tested would do every single drill. Mm -hmm. You don't see guys pulling out of drills. You'll see guys who only did like two drills at yeah. the combine this year. And it's, I mean, you I saw it with the receiver stupid. position yeah. a ton. Like the guys would do the 40 yard dash, but not the cone. And if yeah. they did, if they did do the short shuttle and it wasn't great, they wouldn't do the cone. It, it was unfortunate. The testing overall, I mean, it was going on from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern time in Indianapolis, which one made it yeah. more difficult for the agents and the athletes to compete. And two, cut into our drinking time. Let's just be honest here. I was yeah. trying to network and, yeah. and here I am watching guys run in underwear yeah, at, at, at eight o'clock at night. And yeah, I see Henry Ruggs run. 427 and I can't even <sighs> stupid it was very difficult but, I hope that changes I was talking to an agent yesterday and he was saying yeah it was he said every single person I talked to in the agency whatever networking circle hated it absolutely hated it I was it. gonna say did you see that stay woke take about they they did it intentionally the NFL so that people would you know have a bad taste in their mouth so that they could move it in oh years. really like it was like no an way is that really like what it was to do that's wow. what someone said that's what i've heard that's interesting yeah all right let's jump into our next winner from the combine get off that rant just for a little bit the nebraska defensive tackles carlos davis and khalil davis you look into these guys background i think it was her, their mom or their parents made them do track at a very early age and you saw it in their 40-yard dash times both yeah. guys weighed in at over 305 pounds C- carlos davis a 482 40-yard dash at 313 pounds and then khalil davis a 47 40 yard dash at 308 pounds these guys are track athletes and they're big boys it is ridiculous and they just like they didn't look 300 plus pounds and they even played at nebraska times defensive end they would play off on the edge uh but he's these are kind of like go back and check the tape guys 
they weren't good. <laughs> you know, oh, like man. the tape's not good. Like the, the majority of their pressures, they didn't even had a grade of. So Khalil Davis is past your grade of 66.3 as a pass rusher. Carlos Davis, 67.4. And when you're that, it's it's one of those red flags you talk about when you're that freakishly athletic, when you have a get off that that's, that's that ridiculous and you can't produce as a pass rusher against, you know, offensive linemen run six second 40s and can't get out of their stance. Yeah. That's a concern. A huge you know, concern. They, they don't really have any pass rushing moves. The majority of like their pressures are just like penetrators on stuff. We've, we've said this before, but guys that test really, really well, like through the chart, like off the charts type of stuff like these guys did and have bad production, have bad collegiate production in the grading profile. Mm-hmm. That's more of a red flag than it is a good thing because like, why are you this good of an athlete? Why do you have all these tools, high end tools, but can't produce at, at the collegiate level against, you know, admittedly bad competition. It is interesting with the Davis, guys i also came to this thought saying like hey the 40 yard dash is so much so technique driven because these guys yeah. are like have been in track for so long their starts Helps. were some of the most fluid you saw from the entire weekend including receivers in those things and i think yeah i know you compare you, yeah. you look at you look at epinesa and other things it's like very you know if you don't consistently run a 40 yard dash if you don't have this like expansive track background it's going to be very difficult for you to kind of put in a good 40 yard time because the start is so important yeah like all those you know exos and those like those combine sort of prep agencies that are like we can take a tenth off your time it's like you, you no one in the history of you know athletics has gotten a tenth fast faster like it yeah. gotten faster over a three month this is span. a good point but it is like it's the start like the start is very important to the success of your 40. All right, let's move into a loser. I think loser is a little bit aggressive. I said this on the Monday pod, but like a faller, a negative, a con in this combine. It wasn't a good performance for Neville Gallimore, the Oklahoma defensive tackle. People expected this guy to come in and test off the charts, and then he posts a 7973 cone. That is disgusting. That's, People- so, so that's the thing. It was like everyone knew he was explosive off the ball. Like mm-hmm. he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list for his 40 yard at, at times, and he did a 479 at yeah. 304 pounds. That's good. You, we saw that, but he's a looser because a seven nine seven three cone is awful for a mm-hmm. defensive tackle, and a five zero one shuttle is equally bad. Like mm-hmm. that, that change of direction ability is important, and for a guy who's still raw and still wasn't a you know super high, he's not in the Derek Brown range, the Javon Kinlaw, or even like Justin Matabuke range in terms of like consistent production over the course of his college career. When you haven't had that, you want a guy who's can bend and do other things that can help you as a pass rusher, just your get off. Yes. It plays at the next level to some degree in certain schemes. If you can just get off and get up field and penetrate, but you have to have sort of a plan B in the mm-hmm. NFL. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure he has that. And with Neville, Neville Gallimore, I think you saw some, some draft analysts on Twitter, some talent evaluators come after you ran a bad three cone, open up about, Hey, and his tape's not that great. And, you know, you, you talk about, like, with Neville, Neville Gallimore, I think you do go back, you see that explosiveness. But I do, I do, I, John Ledyard was tweeting this out, and I do agree with it, with uh, Neville Gallimore's tape. His balance is kind of rough. Like, he's really explosive, but out of control a lot yeah. of the time. Oh, and yeah. I think being explosive and out of control can help as a disruptor at the next level. But are you going to produce at a high level? Are you going to consistently produce and put up good production if you are this kind of out of control, explosive, like, literal bull in a china shop that can't move left to right? I don't know. I think... He encouraged me to go back to the tape and watch more of his wins, see how he wins, how controlled is he when he wins at the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage. And I think when he approaches the backfield, when he enters the backfield, is this guy out of control? Does he have balance? And I think more often than not, I found with Neville Gallimore not having that balance, a concern for me. Yeah, he's now at 66 on our post-combine draft board now, and it's like third round. Which I would encourage all listeners and YouTube, live YouTube watchers, to go to PFF's draft board right now. It's updated. Oh, that's post- sweet. The post-combine edition has a, a blurbs for all 100 top players. You can go to pff.com slash draft board and, and find it. It's a very good board um, that Mike Grinner dropped this morning. And oh, for Derek Brown, let's move to Derek Brown, the Auburn defensive tackle. Yeah. He is listed as a, a a loser from the combine. Came in at six foot four, five eighth inches, and 326 pounds. The concern here is the 822 three cone. And I think shortly after posting that eight two two three cone, he posted another three cone that he did maybe in training mm-hmm. and I clocked it on my phone. It was still high sevens, if not early eights. And I think a concern from a change of direction standpoint, oh, but also the explosiveness. A twenty seven inch vertical, not impressive. Five one six forty, maybe you feel good about that at three hundred and twenty six pounds, but there his athletic testing overall was underwhelming. I was gonna say and that's the thing, it's relative to what your expectations were for a guy. And if you're expecting this guy to be a top five, anything, you know, Daniel Jeremiah has him second on his board. If you're expecting that at the combine, you need to be a high level athlete. Like elite level players are, for the most part, high level athletes. And this was not high level athleticism that we saw from her. Yep. 326 pounds, 516 is like, 
it, it's a little more excusable at that weight, but you go back to last year, Dexter Lawrence, 342 pounds, he ran a 5.05. Wow. Like, that's that's not he's not nowhere near freakish territory with that even weight adjusted and then the cone and the the sort of the a two two cone four seven nine shuttle are not great times either so like yes he's a super powerful dude but he's also a senior coming he's out. limited you know, athletically he's we can like admit that I think we could older than that. the guys he has this physical built in advantage by being the oldest guy in college that he's not going to have once he gets to the pros so being not a, a super explosive athlete, you just worry about that transition for a guy who wins purely on power. And he has great technique and whatnot. I'm not going to debate that. But a guy who wins that way, you might just be capped. Like mm-hmm. you might, you just, I don't, I'm not sure you're ever going to get to that elite tier. The ceiling might be closer to what he was this past yes. year than people are willing to admit right yeah. now. Even though that he has projected as a top five player, I think he's still a top ten player on PFF's latest draft board as well. But let's go ahead and dive off of he's actually um, 11th. 11th. Oh so man, top ten slipped outside the top ten after a bad. A bad combine. No, a loser. I don't think he was heading in either. Someone else's time. Gotcha. Was 11th before, but. All right. Well, let's dive into the edge defenders. Some winners from the combine. Jabari Zuniga, a winner. And he's, yeah. he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list, I believe, as well. He has this athleticism that people saw. But my concern, again, yes, he tested well. Why was his production kind of subpar? Yeah. He's so 46440 at 264 pounds. Great time there. And a 10-7 broad jump. Uh, those are top-notch numbers with 20, 29 bench press reps. Now, the arm's a little on the shorter end, under 33 inches, 32 and 7 eighths. Uh, a lot of his best reps, truthfully, are from the interior at Florida. He's just a guy who it's not natural for him rushing the passer. Like, he can get off, and he'll either hit he hits you with one move, and then that's like it. Like he, And it's like you can see that he was taught to do that move and then doesn't have a plan after that. And, and then we'll... When he gets into other situations that he's not expecting, he doesn't know how to use his hands well. And I just struggle with pass rushers like that. I don't care how athletic you are. If you don't know how to use your hands well, it's not going to work for you at the NFL level because so much of how you win is not just physically, but yes, you have to be able to win that hands battle because offensive linemen are so damn good with their hands in the NFL level. Like they're not, they're not punching. They're not just like swatting at you. They are grabbing you if you don't swat their hands away. And so to me, I'm just going to be lower on a guy. I don't see as much as the physical traits are projectable to the next level. I don't think the rest is. Alton Robinson, the Syracuse edge defender, also tagged as another winner from the combine. Weighed in at six foot three, turned sixty four pounds, clocked a four six nine forty yard dash, which is definitely impressive. A thirty five and a half inch vertical, seven three two cone. I, I do think him doing all of the drills was very good for his yep. stock because this production past this past year wasn't great for Alton Robinson, but he does have these tools that uh, that teams are going to like. And so my sort of take on Alton Robinson, why I was like low heading into the combine, was he's a He's a power defensive end. He's a guy who wants to win, wants to play through offensive tackles, but I'm not sure he was physically dominant enough to be to win that way in the NFL. You have to have a physical advantage. Like that's that's the type of football you're playing. That's the type of that's the way you're rushing the passer. And I'm not sure he had that explosiveness in him. Four six nine, though, is a good time. And thirty five and a half inch vertical at two hundred sixty four pounds is also very good. That's an explosive sort of profile there. So Maybe he can. Like, maybe this guy can actually, that bull rush, translate. Now, he did have short arms again. Another guy under 33 inches. You like bull rushers with long arms because you can make that first contact. But uh, I think if you're talking about day three type of pass rushers, he's going to be higher on my list of guys than he was before this combine. I, I also still I still think he doesn't have a ton of polish. And when you do have those tools, yeah. I think it's you, you see that he does have a higher ceiling at the next level if he learns some more things going from Syracuse to the NFL. James Smith Williams, the edge defender from North Carolina State, NC State for short. But with James Smith Williams, he's the guy that um the seventy pound yeah, 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 the guy who Go has that picture. The yeah, the, yeah, the four pictures side by side that has gained a ton of weight. He weighed in at six foot three, five eighth inches, torn sixty five pounds, thirty three three-quarter inch arms which is a little bit on the longer side which is yeah. nice and a four six flat 40 yeah. yard dash at 265 pounds an impressive athlete he has reps on tape that are awesome this dude at nc state but like he's another guy and probably even worse so than jabari Zuniga, where it's just like nothing comes naturally to him like he does not he really has no plan as a pass rusher and, and he's probably even stiffer than Zuniga. he had a four five two shuttle which is pretty rough for a defensive lineman at 265 pounds so He's a very, this dude's a project like that. Those are good test numbers and then that's going to get him drafted, but he's a project. Yeah. I, I think project. And then some, he, he lacks some of the most polish here. Um, 
Excuse me. Moving to moving to the losers at the combine, AJ Epinesa. Man, we knew going in he was not going to test well, but even at low expectations, I think he fell below those expectations. And and, and turning in what he did from a forty yard dash time and all these things. And I talked to Tristan Wirfs about it. You'll hear it on the interview later in the podcast. But he he texted him right after. He said, "Hey man, that combine's not you. Test better at your pro day. You're still a good player. All these things." And like he would mention, he's like, "AJ Epinesa is a former five star." This guy had yeah. highlight videos of dunking a basketball at a very young age. Like he has this athleticism, did not show up, however, at the combine. Yeah, five oh forty is just a tough sell. And five oh forty, so that's similar to DeForest Buckner coming out was like five one, but DeForest Buckner was two hundred and ninety pounds. Two ninety versus two seventy, you're just a different type of player. And and I even said afterwards, like Epinesa, the versatility, the the ability to kick inside is his calling card. Like that's, that's if you're not using him in that role as an inside interior rusher on third downs, you're doing it wrong with him. But at the same time at 275, I'm not sure you can just like stick him inside every down and expect him to hold up against the run there. I just, I think he needs, he needs to kind of decide which way he wants to go, like gain weight. Like Trey flowers came in at 266 to the league. And I think gained weight over the course of his career to play more inside. I think that needs to be what Epinesa does. You need to get to like 285 uh, and really have a physical and he at two seventy five didn't look didn't look that cut. Like yeah, I yeah. get he's only a junior, has more years left in the weight room, but he didn't look super strong. Obviously only put up seventeen bench reps. But I still believe to some degree, like he was never going to test off the charts. We knew that. But I wish it was just a little bit better than what he did. I mean, he's a player that I'd like to talk to, honestly. I mean, that, that comes up with like, hey, man, what were your goals at Iowa? Were you trying to add weight yeah, before the combine? Did you with. cut to 275? Like, you're, I think I, I find myself thinking, like, what were your plans going into the combine? Did you cut weight to try and test better and didn't? Yeah. Did you add weight, whatever it may be? And where do you want to play at the next level? What feedback have you gotten from teams, et nice. cetera? Hey, make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. I'll make it happen. All right. Bradley and I, the Utah edge defender, he's another loser from the 2020 combine. Yeah. I mean, he comes in at 257 which on the on the low end for edge defender in the NFL and then a 493 like this one's more concerning to me than Epinesa because yep. Epinesa has almost like a second he doesn't have to win with just athleticism and and I has to play on the edge yeah at 257 you got kicking this guy inside and then he has short arms and a lax to get off yep it's kind of death nails. And then 744 cone and 443 shuttle is not good. Change the direction. I no. don't care how technically sound you are as a pass rusher in his hands. I mean, some of the best hands in the entire draft class. I don't I don't care how good they are. At NFL offensive linemen, you're not going to be able to consistently beat them if you don't have this is borderline NFL athleticism to be. And that was the not, concern coming in, though. No one, I, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't run to anyone who expected Bradley and I to come into this combine and have a good day. But when you fall even below low expectations, yes. a four nine three forty yard dash, just a seven four four three cone at, at thirty one inch vertical. I mean, there were just you lack that explosion, you lack that athleticism. It's hard to project your hands being as good as they were in the Pac twelve, being even as good in the NFL. You know who this reminds me of coming out, and the guy who didn't end up panning out is Hololi Kikaha coming oh, out man. of uh, Washington back in the day who just racked up sacks, was dominating there in the Pac-12, goes to the combine, and is just like borderline athleticism, like borderline Uh-oh. even NFL athleticism. I think Halohi Kaha might be playing in the XFL. And then yeah, goes to the Saints, and he is actually for the Dallas Renegades. He goes to the Saints and just like doesn't work. Like it doesn't work man. against NFL sort of talent. With an eye, though, I don't imagine. So when I, uh, with Kikaha, I think he went in the first round or maybe the second, second round. round. Second round. I don't think an eye does maybe even break into I the second say, round. I think teams almost like learned their lesson. Like we, we can't take that risk here. Yep. All right, let's go to winners and losers at off-ball linebacker. Uh, riser or winner with Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray. Both also, of those I had a satchel at the Senior Bowl. That was oh, like, I didn't see that. that. Oh, that's right. We were walking behind Bradley and I coming back Merce. from a restaurant, and he did have a satchel, Merce type of thing there I, I don't know i mean take what you will from that but i mean you combine that with bad athleticism we're just trying to give you a full background profile. exactly we're not ju- passing judgment just like that's that's all we can happen. do is provide information and you take what you will with the satchel yeah. all right w- winner from the combine two winners that i'd like to kind of group together is patrick queen and kenneth murray going into the combine people saw the range people saw the athleticism on tape but when you actually deliver when you go to the yep. combine and show that you have it you check that box i, I see them as winners yeah 229 which like like I said, he looks small on tape. Like he looked like a guy who may even list at 225, but only played like 215, something like that. But 220 has a great weight. Uh, that's that's not even like super undersized for linebackers anymore in the NFL. And then to run a four five as Patrick Queen, run a four five and then a ten five broad, good numbers. Like yep. that's that's explosiveness you saw on tape. And then Kenneth Murray hamstring said tugs it on the second one, says he's going to be it's nothing serious, just a, a slight pull. But he had 38 inch vertical, 10 nine broad, four five two. Like you saw that. Mm-hmm. And again to tick that box to be over two hundred. 40 pounds with that explosive. 
explosiveness. I think they just signed their first round paychecks at this point. Absolutely. And with Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, they both had good, you know, good combines, but it was Isaiah Simmons that was just like blowing everybody out of the water. And like, (laughs) people were like losing their minds over what Isaiah Simmons could do. And rightfully so, I I think with both of those guys, though, they had good combines. It just fell in Isaiah Simmons shadow because this guy like literally lit the combine on fire. Oh man. Isaiah Simmons. That was one where it's just like, you remember, you're going to remember like what that looked like. I remember Vernon Davis's back in the day. We were just like, that's just a different dude altogether. Four, three, nine at 238 pounds with a 39 inch vertical and 11 foot broad jump. And like, it just looked, it looked great. I mean, it looked awesome. I mean, again, you go in, you had these high expectations for Isaiah Simmons. This yeah. guy's going to, we, we said it on countless podcasts before this guy's going to test freak. really well. He's a freakish athlete. He can play any position in the NFL, but when you see him do it, yeah. it it's a different, it's a different. You league. know what that means though? That means that Travis Etienne next year is running mid four threes. Oh yeah. Because he goes four, three, nine and Etienne got him in that race. And that, you know, I'm excited for Travis Etienne next year. I don't, I don't normally get excited about running backs, but that guy's got some legit explosion. Give me another year at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence and company. It'll be fun to watch. All right. Moving away from Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. Got to bring up our guy, oh, Willie Gay Jr. Had an opportunity to talk to him God. before he did run. He said, I'm going to run in the four threes. He, I, he didn't make four threes, but he still ran low four fours, four, four, six. I think is what it was for Willie Gay Jr. Mm-hmm. We also got to the bottom line on, or, or to the bottom of uh, why he was suspended for eight games. It was cheating on a chemistry test, which he admitted was not a good decision. He was just trying to get through the chemistry test. I asked mm-hmm. him why he said, it was a hard class. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hard class. And you also have that other thing. I think he punched or got in an altercation. I think is what it was listed as with a quarterback he at Mississippi State. Yeah. Punched quarterback in the face. But Willie Gay Jr., I talked to him for a little bit. Didn't punch me. I mean, he was a really nice guy. I, I really like talking to him. He was a, you, you talk to guys who have some of this off-field character concerns. You kind of pick up on where is this rooted. And I don't think it was rooted in malice for Willie Gay. I think he's a good dude. Tried to cut a corner. Got caught. Here we are now. But Willie Gay blew yeah. up the combine. I mean, I wish I would have cheated on some chemistry tests in retrospect. I had to <laughs> drop out and switch majors. But Really? Yeah. <laughs> but Willie Gay, dude, I mean, we saw it coming in. Four, four, six. And then the, the jumps were all 39 and a half inch vertical. Yes. And the 11, four broad at 243, like at legit linebacker size. And you see it on tape. Like we were saying the tape's great. Yeah, it's not a lot of tape, only like 500 snaps over the course of his entire career at Mississippi State. But when it is on the field, it looks great. So I saw some people on Twitter going back to the tape with Willie Gay after he blew up the combine. Yeah. I saw some highlights. I mean, this guy's range, this guy's speed, closing burst is just absurd on tape. And I wanted to get more into the character. So I was talking to some of the social media guys from Mississippi State. Where they were the was that only your source? Was that your source initially? No, no, no. Okay. I got a different source. But I was talking to some of the, the Mississippi State social media guys who were yeah. the only guys at Willie Gay's table besides me. Willie Gay had a pay- table, not a podium. No one else was talking to this kid before he likes the combine on fire. Yeah. But... I was talking to them. I was like, what's this guy like? Is he good on the mic? And he's like, honestly, he's been suspended so much. I haven't talked to him a ton. But everybody in the locker room loves him. Everybody loves Willie Gay Jr. Yeah. And I think that says a lot. Like, I mean, you don't hear the same thing about other guys with character concerns. I don't yeah. don't do too much with Willie Gay and the character's concerns. I, was gonna say, I think I was, he's a good dude. I was watching the Aaron Hernandez doc and people in the locker room were like, dude, he doesn't talk to anybody. So this, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, not Aaron I can't believe we're just we – I can't believe you made that connection with Willie Gay. <laughs> okay, that wasn't what I was trying to do necessarily, but like – Okay. What are you doing? I'm just I just watched it yesterday is why I had to bring it up. I'm glad I'm glad we're not making that connection. All right, Davian Taylor. On the record, uh, we didn't make that connection. Uh, uh, Davian Taylor is another uh, another winner from the combine. Yeah, the guy we've the analytics have loved projecting him right up in terms of uh, in just his numbers from college raw numbers and like alignment. The guy who played kind of he played like slot. Basically, yeah. Davion Taylor to kind of give some background. Colorado off ball linebacker, edge defender, slot corner type, Mm -hmm. six foot, 228 pounds, has this crazy background where for religious reasons, wasn't allowed to play in games in high school, ended up finding his way to Colorado and producing at a high level, actually tested very, very well at six foot, 228. Yeah, goes four, four, nine. 35-inch vertical, 10-7 broad jump, and then 6-9-6 six, six cone. Oh, man. Which is what you love to see when a, guy, when a big linebacker puts up a sub-7 cone. You know that guy has some some COD, some change of direction, yeah. say, in the biz. But I mean, sub-7, three cone gets me excited like no other number, really. I, I mean, oh, regardless man. of position, wherever really? you're at, you get me in a sub-7, three cone, I'm starting to look at you different, you know? Exactly. I, like <laughs> We're on the same page there. But, no, that's a good number for him. Uh, this linebacker, like the linebacker class, Davion Taylor, and then Jordan Brooks as well. The Texas Tech guy goes sub, uh, he goes four, uh, four, four, five, three. 
four five four, six foot, two hundred forty pounds, came in at a four five four. Didn't do anything else. Kind of, kind of like a mic drop, a mic drop for Jordan Brooks of Texas Tech. Four five four, forty yard dash. Didn't do the vertical broad or any of the change of direction drills. But that four five four for him was very good because if we said we said this again, if you listen to two for one drafts, you know this. But off ball linebacker is now a position where you need to find athletes, find guys that can cover ground, find guys that have legit speed that aren't liabilities in coverage. And I think Jordan Brooks checked that box. And of any of the linebackers in this draft class he has the best ability between the tackles a lot of guys who are like we just talked about dave Taylor slot isaiah simmons a safety basically in college all these guys are like what are they going to look like when we play in between the tackles and ask them to you know take on guards take on centers take on you know offense tackles jordan brooks there, there's no doubt about that he rocks dudes backwards he loves taking on guards he already that's a sure thing in that regard so i can see him going second round at this point with that those testing numbers because teams still love that teams still love having that guy who you don't have to worry about in run defense that's jordan brooks now he doesn't make plays necessarily going behind him running with tight ends Mm -hmm. and like flipping his hips still rough and like i said he didn't do any of the change of direction drills but love what he brings to the table in that regard and a guy who's almost similar but did play safety at clemson it's tanner muse yep that's our next guy and with what you were saying i wanted to jump on that real quick but you have these guys with range. I think outside of Isaiah Simmons, you go even go into Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, trying to find areas where they really excel, turning their backs to the ball and getting back it's into tough. that hole is very difficult because they don't do it a ton. Yeah. And even when they do, it does look sloppy. It looks late. And I think that's why when we bring up, I brought it up before, like Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen lack this polish, lack this kind of like completeness to them because they don't have that mm-hmm. necessarily that experience or that like high end reps doing those types of things in zone coverage. All right, let's jump to Tanner Muse of Clemson. Six foot two, 227 pounds was listed as a safety but this guy's playing, playing linebacker he's playing linebacker at the next level came ran a 441 40 yard dash at 6'2, 227 like that's up there with what jonathan taylor did at running back i mean that, that that's absurd he also had a 34 and a half inch vertical 124 inch broad explosiveness for this dude. dude talk about a guy that can cover ground he looked scary running that 42 like his like so his, tense his, like yeah his like shoulders are like up to his ears and his like heads <laughs> way out in front of his body he looked like a turtle just flying oh, down wow. the a and, flying turtle yeah basically and uh, on tape he kind of plays like a flying turtle sometimes because the dude he didn't do the cone or the shuttle and that was a business decision from him <laughs> i mean you saw him against justin jefferson in the national championship game it just got put in a blender like he's not a guy who is when you see a, when you space. see a prospect do everything everything but the cone and the shuttle yeah. That's flying turtle status. Right there. <laughs> you got a guy that can maybe has good explosiveness, can run great in a straight line, yeah. but really yeah. struggles to change direction. I'm of the opinion, though, that no time is better than a slow time, because when you run a slow time, it hangs with you like what Derek Brown has right yes. now. Yeah. Like if Derek Brown chose not to run the three cone, people are assuming high, high sevens, maybe even a seven, eight. Like people assume better than they thought because the expectations for Derek Brown exactly. were already high with yeah. Tanner Muse. I don't know what people's expectations were, but they were low. He chose not to run the it. The unknown is always up, better than I agree. And that's unfortunate, though, because like, like it's, it's unfortunate it's that you're able though. to bow out. It's yeah. unfortunate that you're able to bow out. I think if you're healthy and you say, yep, I'm healthy. I'm going to do every drill. You should have to do every drill. It's like the uh, like the DUI. Declining is a DUI still. Yeah, yeah. If you decline to test, you just got a DUI. Fair. Well, so another guy that comes to mind is Michael Warren of University of Cincinnati, the running back that came listed at 5'11", came in at 5'9", a beefy back, and he chose to do the position drills, like go through the bags, yeah. but he didn't choose to test. Mm. It's like, okay, you're healthy enough to do these, but you're not healthy enough to test. You're slow. You're not athletic, whatever it may be. So a concern, a red flag. Yep. Right, you just got a DUI. All right, let's go to the losers at off-ball linebacker or linebacker. Michael Divinity of LSU. Oh, man, not a good combo. How was this guy starting over Patrick Queen is what I want to know. I want to talk to Coach O. We need him on the pod go to Tigers. explain. He runs a 485, 40. 31-inch vertical, like you can't see both those guys in practice. And I get it, he's 242, and maybe he played the run better than Patrick Queen and wasn't as much of a, uh, you know, like the between Divinity the also rushed the passer but like a he little came, bit. He played off the edge initially at LSU, goes softball, leaves the team. Weird story. Uh, but a 485 is not like you're not uh, – he, he's going to go late day three. If, yeah. So that's tough. All right, all right, you mentioned Coach O. I need to hear your best go Tigers. No, come on. No, I don't. I'm not. Joey Molinaro is the impressions guy. Fair. If you haven't seen the I'm live the show, man. if you weren't there in Indy for the live show for Joey Molinaro, I mean, you missed out because that guy is a rocket. He's flying up boards. If you want to talk about a riser coming yeah. out of the combine, I'm riding his coattails. I'm <laughs> going to try to be friends with him just 
to take me to the top here. All right, another loser from the combine at off-ball linebacker is Francis Bernard, and yeah. he's already an older prospect. I'm not sure if you know. He tested in at 25 years old, which yeah. is the biggest red flag. 25 <laughs> years old, but comes in at 6 foot, 234 pounds, 481, 40-yard dash, just a 32-and-a-half-inch vertical. I mean, did not have that explosion that's up there with the Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queens of the world. Did not test in the cone or the shuttle. I would imagine those are going to be slow. But, I mean, Francis Bernard, not a good combine. I was going to say, I kind of like this guy until I found out he was 25 years old. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, he's got, like, kind of instincts. You know, he was good as freshman year at BYU. He's got a veteran presence about him. Say, he was good as freshman year at BYU, but it turns out he was already, like, 22 as freshman year at BYU. And so, uh, yeah. He's got a crazy background. I don't know. It's in the draft guide, but really, he, he, he bounced around. Had some, he wanted to get away from BYU, goes to Utah. Threatened to kill a police officer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Which, like, at BYU, that's... Par for the even like talking, even <laughs> having something that deals with a police officer usually is not going to be good for you. Yeah. There, but yeah, it's not like Baker Mayfield status where he got tackled by one, mm-hmm. but it's it's close to. All right, let's go to cornerbacks Some winners and losers at the cornerback position. I got, we got to start with CJ Henderson of Florida. I yep. mean, this guy has legit, legit athleticism, great match and mirror ability. You said it and I'll say it again, has the second best man coverage ability in this class behind Jeffrey Akuda. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you put that lightly. I mean, CJ Henderson, very good from an athleticism standpoint. Had high expectations, but I think he even outperformed what we thought. And one of the th- so came in at two hundred four, great size for a cornerback. And one of the things I said about him in the draft, I went the negatives that like he would get physically out muscled a lot, and like yeah. at the line of scrimmage and whatnot, comes in two hundred four and does twenty reps on the bench. So like it's there. Mm-hmm. You just need to like the light, reps, light a the twenty reps on the bench. Guy. We don't put a ton of stock in the bench press, but I think what it is a what it is indicative of is this guy's in the weight room. Yeah, this guy's in the weight room a lot, and and whether or not you think bench really translates to like play strength at the next level, but it, what it does translate to is this guy's a committed, capable, hardworking, you know, weight room type yeah. of guys. Twenty reps at six foot one, two hundred four pounds is impressive. Yeah, and then four three nine, thirty seven and a half inch vertical. 10-7 broad. No cones. no cones. No cones. But th- that was like a lot of guys, though, by the end. So uh, by the last day of testing, no one was doing cones and shuttles. Everyone's like, no, F this. D- my pro yeah, it's just so rare that you Did see they, a guy like, like, have the cones too far apart this year or something. Maybe. Maybe. Let's dive into it. All right, Christian Fulton, he did run the cones, and he did have that sub-seven cone that gets mm. us pretty, pretty excited. Jeez. But he came in at five foot 11, 197 pounds, a 4.46, 40-yard dash. I thought there was a chance Fulton tests in the 4.5s. Yeah. But to get under 4.4, I thought was impressive. And then he also had a sub-seven cone, a good combine for him. The box ticked, all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, 4.46, 35-and-a-half-inch vertical, 10-3 broad, 6.94 cone. Finally healthy, maybe? 4.36 shuttles, not great. But, yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, I think the ankle was a bigger problem than people wanted to admit this past year. Because mm-hmm. we went back to his 18 tape just the other day, and, like, those are his breaks on the ball are special. Yes. And the ability to close was special. And he had that ankle from, like, week one of the season from the Texas game. Uh, it was hampering him, and I think that was more of why people are down on him because he's testing him is good. Like yeah. he's he to me. And you go back to the 2018 tape, and, and we're doing a new film room series, by the way. Make sure to follow at PFF on Twitter. That should be dropping here soon. I but think if Christian you're Fulton, listening to this podcast, they follow PFF. I'm just saying, whatever, man, whatever. Anyway, with Christian Fulton, I think you go back to the 2018 tape. We did some things where we pause it right as the ball is being thrown. It's like this guy should not be making yes. a play in front of the receiver. The, like he should not be getting in front. Maybe he yeah. tackles him for no gain or whatever. Maybe he breaks it up from behind. But getting in front of the receiver, mm-hmm. that short area quickness, that burst to the football, is really, really impressive. And the other thing is, like he, so he played it. They played a lot more man coverage here than they did last year. And I, I almost think he's better in zone. Like his like ability to read receivers breaks and like break on balls from off is better than his man to man coverage ability, which I mean, there's only a handful of teams that play majority man coverage in the NFL. Like mm-hmm. a lot of teams are zone heavy. You're not going to be, you're going to be asking guys to make those for the reason that there off. aren't a ton of good man corners. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think yeah, that's like, the biggest reason it's why it's like, don't play. You can't play man coverage against Tyreek. There's this guy who can't play man coverage against and expect not to get, Roasted. So, all right, Kendall Vildor, the Georgia Southern cornerback, came in at five foot ten, one hundred ninety one pounds, ran a four four four, thirty nine and a half inch vert, one hundred thirty inch, one hundred thirty three inch broad. Do the so, do the translation for them. Eleven one, eleven one, eleven one broad. I, I, explosive. <laughs> Impressive explosion numbers for a smaller cornerback. I think yeah. in the slot, you need to be explosive. You need to have that quickness, that short area quickness. I think he proved that. I was going to say, those are good numbers for him because at Georgia Southern, you know, running with the receivers he was facing, not always, you just can't tell a guy's speed. Like, yeah. you don't know how fast those guys are that he's going up against can be difficult. And the guy who was super physical at Georgia Southern, that was kind of his calling card, was like he wanted to. And he got on the map with the game against Clemson back in 18, where he's just bodying uh mm-hmm. you know those Clemson wide receivers Justin Ross T Higgins that year um and so I think those are I was well down on him after senior bowl didn't play great uh they're down in mobile but I think these numbers are 
something to work with there with how, you know, the 22 bench reps with the way he plays his play style could be, could be a slot weapon, could be a guy even moved to safety. I know he's a little undersized at 191, but I think he could be a guy that uh, like an instinctive corner, maybe doesn't have the size profile you want at that position. Maybe moving him to safety at the next level could unlock some, you know, Poe there. All right, let's go to the fallers at cornerback. Stanford Samuels and Cameron Dancer both highlighted in the same vein here because they both ran in the four sixes. When you run in the four sixes, you're going to drop a little bit at cornerback. It's yeah. tough to win at the line, you know, at cornerback in the NFL when you are running in the four sixes. And then with Dancer, he was, I mean, I, I liked him as a back end of the first round type of guy, but when you run in the four sixes, I can see why day two makes sense. He also came in thin. He's a thinner cornerback that doesn't have great top speed. That's a huge concern, dude. Who was the, who was your boy saying he's going to go in the four threes? Uh, not four threes. He said four four five potentially for Cameron Dancer. Dancer tweeted out that four sixes is not his time. He's going to be better at the pro day, whatever it may be. Four sixes though. He ran it. He ran the forty twice. Both clocked in the four sixes. I will say like his starts were like stumbly mm-hmm. out of his starts, but like his also his running form was kind of cheeks. So um, <laughs> like the four six four is just a bad time. And yes, he has yes he's tall, but he is not super long. Um, and so. And undersized, undersized, so they're thin and slow. It's just a bad, bad combination. In the NFL. Yeah, because you're you're getting tossed around and you're getting ran by. Like yeah, those, it's not like, good. It's not good. He, he didn't have that sort of what he did at Mississippi State was hang on guys. Like he would he would hang on guys at the line, and then it's tough to see how fast a guy is when they are consistently in contact with the with the wide receiver they're facing. And he's got smooth hips, like he's good in that regard. He got good ball skills, but. It's a little different when you can't hang on guys in the NFL. You got to get your hands off when you're five yards downfield or else you're going to get flagged. So concerning. Also we'll highlighted concerning. Jeff Gladney TCU as a loser from the combine a four, four, eight, 40 yard dash, which is good. But we compared to expectations, threes. we expected four threes yeah. came in at 191 pounds. It wasn't a weight thing. Like only five ten, 191 pounds, a four, four, eight, 40 yard dash, a little bit higher than expectation. And then seven, two, six, three cone, the, the worst cone, of any corner. In that, that is bad. Like you, you can't do that. You, mm. you need to have better change of direction like than that. Yeah. I mean, we were, there were some people who were very high in this guy saying first round. We're more like, Hey, if you give him this like second round is probably more where he should go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably um, it hasn't like necessarily changed that opinion because I do love his ball skills and I still think his play speed is a little faster than four four eight. But small at that size, like five ten one ninety one. I was hoping, I just hoping he was a little bigger. I think he's listed at at least six foot there at TCU. I yeah. thought he was a little bit taller than that. That's a little worrisome. All right, let's jump to safety here. I mean, Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dancer are two of my favorites in this class, both losers at the combine, a concern, definitely. All right, let's go to Antoine Winfield Jr. of Minnesota. People did not expect him to test well, had kind of middling expectations to low expectations for his testing. He comes in and blows it up. Five foot nine, 203 pounds, runs a 4.45, 36-inch vertical. I I mean, impressed with what this guy can do. Yeah, man. I mean, those are great numbers for him because people are questioning his speed. I I thought he was plenty fast enough, even if he would have run like a 4.6. Like, I thought he was the way he... The way he sort of his instincts on the back end, the way he can read routes, I, I, I didn't need him to be super fast, but a four four five, that's going to move him up my board a little because he not only can sort of uh, you know you know get that head start, but then he can also close in a hurry. And his play, the way he the way he attacks as a tackler in the open field, is as good as it gets in this class. Like he is no fear to his game, takes great angles, and four four five taking great angles. He's going to shut down a lot of screens, a lot of things like that in the NFL level. It's great that he tests well because his tape is awesome. I, I do love what he put on tape. I, I think Antoine Winfield Jr., it's gl- I, I'm glad he's coming out of the combine as a winner because I do mm-hmm. think he's a good player. Injuries have been a huge concern for him at the collegiate level, but I do think he ends up being a good player if he is healthy. Kyle Duggar, the uh, Lenore Ryan safety, had the longest wingspan, biggest hands, and, and one of the better better athletic testings of any safety here. I mean, it was it was really, really impressive with what he did at the combine. I know this guy's listed at 217. That's like small, but I would love to put this guy at linebacker. Like uh, his, what he did, what he did in the back end watching. He's kind of maxed out though. Can you get him to 225? He looked pretty. I don't care. Like I don't, I'd play him at 217 at linebacker with how okay. explosive this dude is like a 42 inch vertical, 11, two broad four, four, nine 40. And like you said, has the wingspan, has the hand size that like, I'm not too worried about him playing between the tackles uh, on the back end at Lenoir, Lenoir Ryan. You can't really deduce much from that tape in terms yeah. of like his reads because he's just such this freak athlete that he, that he doesn't have to like break on stuff. He can just like watch where the QB is going to throw the ball and then break. And then he still gets to it because he's so damn fast. Like there's not really much uh, you can like he's not having to make the same reads that guys at the collegiate level were or he's just FBS level were. But 
like I said, I think at linebacker, he could really shine. I want this guy around the ball is more what I'm saying. Like with how explosive he is, and he's a fantastic tackler and looked that part at the senior bowl. I wouldn't be surprised. I mocked him to the Ravens at the end of the first round. I, I really like surprised. that fit. I mean, it's one of my favorite fits in your latest at mock linebacker, draft. though, yeah. He played linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens with a creative defense coordinator in Wink Margdale. I, I, I do think Duggar, gets ma- his value gets maximized in mm. a defense like that rather than playing him exclusively at safety. All right, Jeremy Chin, the other small school guy, also had a very good combine. I saw you tweet out. It said You said, you know, it helps. Small school guys can make it in the NFL, too, but it really does help when you are an athletic freak. That's the thing. It's like you're not – and you're not going to get noticed from a D3 school because you read routes at a high level because mm-hmm. you have instincts for the linebacker position. Like you get noticed because you run a four, four, five at 221 pounds and a 41 inch vertical. Like you get yes. noticed because you're on a different level athletically than the guys you're playing against. Uh, there are probably a lot of productive guys who have played FCS or, you know, D2, D3 competition who maybe could have hacked in the NFL, but just never got a look because they weren't freak athletes. Like, yeah, it helps to be that. But yeah, Jeremy Chen, I, I don't, I don't quite like him. He doesn't have that the play style. Like he tests out like these numbers are very like on par with or better than Kyle Duggar on some of these, but he doesn't have he doesn't have he doesn't play up to those numbers. He doesn't play like uh like Duggar does in terms of like downhill, wants you know, out for blood every single snap. He's not quite that guy. So I'm a little more down on chin, but those are absurd physical tools to work with. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Chin, Southern Illinois safety, came in at six foot three, 221 pounds, a 4.45 40-yard dash, very impressive for him, 41-inch vertical and 11.6 broad. I mean, that is yeah. that is quite special for Jeremy Chin. I think, again, it goes back to, like, yes, he played at a small school, but he was noticed, and he went to the Senior Bowl, too, because this guy's an absurd athlete, has some insane measurables and testing. All right, moving down the list here, um, one more riser or one more winner from the combines, Kevon Wallace of oh. Clemson, oh slot, your favorite slot corner in this class. My guy, I love this guy, and he played just exclusively slot corner at Clemson. Like they had this, they had this whatever wonky three one seven guys moving all over the place defense, but they won Kayvon Wallace in the slot. They didn't, they didn't move him all over with some of the other guys, and he was exceptional there. And at 206, 5'11", 206 is like solid, solid slot cornerback size. You can play the run as well, but then goes four five three forty, which you know not exceptional, but definitely good enough. And then thirty eight inch vertical, eighteen bench press reps. 11-1 broad jump, 6-7, six, 6 cone, which that was the best cone, I believe, of any of the safeties. And then a four one five shuttle, all top-notch change of direction ability, play strength, which explosive, where you short area explosiveness. Live. This dude, uh, I feel really good about him. I mean, slot cornerback, and you can you can even play him at safety if you really want him on the field every single down, but like he's so good in the slot. This guy... I mean, I, slot I, cornerbacks nearly play every single yeah, down. Exactly. I, I think with Kevon Wallace, they do. And, and slot cornerbacks, projecting slot cornerbacks at the next level, that, that, that three cone is very, very important. Beginning, getting a 6-7-6 six, six, three cone and being able to change direction at elite level is important because... Whenever, especially when it's like slow three cones. Like this was... Yeah. Everyone else is running slow, so like you can like take a tenth off that. Oh, it's my, yeah. it's my let's, adjustment. Let's take like two he's tenths a six, off He just ran the devil's three cones, six, six, six. All right. Uh, f- uh, saying losers that. in the combine here. Two, uh, three safeties to talk about before we get to the Tristan Worf's interview. But Geno Stone, a loser from the combine, did not test particularly well. Uh, yeah, not my best call. And another guy who like comes out of Iowa and did not look diced up. Like, he, like you mm-hmm. expect these guys to be in tip-top shape, and he couldn't even, like, barely see his biceps. Like, Kyle, Kyle Duggar, like, you can, like, make out the dude's triceps just, like, standing there in stone. Uh, I think he put on some weight to, like, prove that he's a safety at 207 because he was listed at something like 195 at Iowa. So gotcha. he put on some weight, which didn't look like it was all good weight because he only did 12 bench press reps, too, which is not mm-hmm. exceptional. Only 29 and a quarter-inch arms? Yeah, when you, have, short when you arms. have short arms, you only do 12 bench reps. That's not uh, ideal. And then 33-and-a-half-inch vertical, 462, not even a 10-foot broad. Yeah. But if you pop on the tape, you don't see like a special athlete. You see a you guy see that like benefits a lot safety. from his instincts. And we talk about like a vision head start that like VHS. Like that's why he's kind of getting Stop there. using Sam and Steve's. I like VHS. You don't like vision head start? I think it's good. <laughs> it's like not. It's a, it's a, I don't know. It's a made up term. It is a made up <laughs> term. All right. Um, let's go uh, with uh, Xavier McKinney here. All right. Yeah. Xavier McKinney. Now it's not. It's fine testing numbers. Like this isn't like take him off our board bad. It's just if you're going to draft a guy in the top 10, 15 picks, you'd like him to test more like Kyle Duggar than it would Xavier McKinney, who ran four six three. Uh, and now he pulled up on that one with calf cramp. Maybe that was before happened during the run. Maybe it didn't. I'm not sure. But then 36 inch vertical and 10 two broad jumper, just like 
fine. No. Yes. And didn't have great length, sub 31 inch arms. It's just like, makes you think fine. like, what could Duggar do at an FBS school? What could Duggar yeah. have done at, at Alabama? Like if you did have like that next level athleticism, would it have translated to better production than what Xavier McKinney did? I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because McKinney coming in is this like good numbers, not great numbers. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's again, it's not like you're going to move this guy down the board because of these. It's just, you would feel more confident yeah. about this guy say if he ran a four or five and had a 40 inch vertical. So, yep. All know. right. Jalen Elliott, the Notre Dame oh, safety no. as a loser, a Notre Dame guy as a loser is interesting. Jalen. It's Wait. over with him. Four, eight, 40. Oh man. Is the worst. I think of any safety in attendance. That was three cone with six, eight, seven, which how that's possible. I'm not exactly sure, but a four, eight, 40 is just, you can't play that guy. You can't play that guy in the NFL. Yeah, anywhere, six foot, anywhere. 205 pounds, a 4.8 flat, 40-yard dash. Did run a 6.87 three-cone, but that that lack of top speed is a huge concern. Anywhere outside of 10 yards on the line of scrimmage, you're not, that guy's just four, it's too slow. Like You're just going to get exposed in the open field, and that's unfortunate. I, I, man, I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect him to run fast, but like even in the four sevens, that safety is a concern. A 4.8 is just like... I don't know what you do with that. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the risers and fallers or winners and losers rather for the 2020 NFL scouting combine on the defense side of the ball. Listen to the Monday episode for offense right now. If you're not watching live on YouTube and you are listening to the podcast, you're going to hear me talk with Tristan worse. Forgive me for the audio a bit choppy, but he does offer some value there until next time. This is Austin Gale, Mike Renner, two for one drafts. Well, let's go, go ahead and get right into it. So, obviously, had a huge week at the Combine. Broke some records for a 320-pounder there at the Combine. H- how do you feel like you did? <laughs> uh, I, think I, did I think I did pretty good. I was pretty happy with, with my numbers. And, and being able to have a record to yourself, you know, is pretty nice. What was, you know, what was the feedback you got from teams before the drills? What were they saying they liked about your game? Um, they, were, they were saying how, you know, they like how I come off the ball, um, you know, how I get out in space pretty well. Um, but I think, you know, in, in the meetings, it's a lot more, you know, they're trying to see like how well you learn kind of like they, they have your film pulled up and, and they want you to take them through, you know, through the game and, and what fronts you see your technique, like, um, what you know, they want you to like tell them what play you ran and kind of how you went, went through it. But, um, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of that. Yeah. And so, you know, with the combine, so much of the publicity goes around the 40 yard dash for all positions. But what do you think, like the drill that most, you know, shows good performance, like good performance on the field? Like what's what do you think the most important drill for offensive linemen is to excel at? What do you think translates most to the NFL? If I were to pick a like one of the drills, I'd say maybe the broad jump, just because it, you know, it's explosion through your hips pretty much. Um, and, you know, that might translate to, you know, moving guys ball um but if i were to pick one it'd probably be that and then just the on-field on-field position position drills too nice man and then like so also i'm thinking you know is it, was there any negative feedback that you got in the process was there stuff that they want you to improve on if so what were teams kind of saying in that regard oh yeah i mean a, bi- a big thing for me um was kind of like kind of like playing with more tenacity playing playing meaner mm-hmm. um i heard a lot of teams wanted that and um tick Wise, like I, I get overset quite a bit, um, and you know that's just you know focusing on an eight point better. Um, uh, changed up my sets a little bit, but well, I, I heard a lot of that that I got that I get overset, and I, I knew that coming into it, but I heard I heard that quite a bit from teams too. Yeah. So, what's your plan with that? Get meaner is not something necessarily you can do, you know, in the weight room or anything like that, and or even with the oversetting. What are your plans to kind of get better in those regards? You know, I think um, being meaner, like I, if I'm doing my job effectively, then then you know why would I have to get meaner if I'm, if I can put a guy to his back, help him up and then do it again. You know, I think that'd be more frustrating as a defense lineman than, you know, a guy putting him, putting him on his back and then being all up in his face, talking crap. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, being nice about it would be more frustrating, but, um, you know, technique wise, that's just, you know, you know, keep repping it out, um, and paying a little bit more attention to it. Um, but I think, I think that the technique part will be a little bit easier. Yeah. than being meaner. Gotcha. That makes sense. I think so. You weighed in at 320 pounds. Is that a weight you had to kind of build up to, or were you cutting? Where were you there when you went in? I've uh, I've always been at 320. Like I came into Iowa at 317, and oh, wow. I pretty much stayed pretty pretty sturdy uh, at that weight. Like at Iowa, we weigh in about two times a week, and um, you get, you get two pounds above and below your weight is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been 320, 322 my whole whole career. 
Wow. And so you, you, you obviously tested like a freak. I mean, people are throwing the freak label at you. They're so happy with what you've done or so impressed really with what you've done. I got to know the workout schedule. I got to know how often you're putting in the work in the gym. Cause there's just no way that comes. That wasn't just your casual day. You're probably going two, three times a day at this point. I need to know the, the weekly schedule. Um, it was just kind of just like a normal off season with coach Doyle. I mean, we, we trained at, at 11 at 11 AM cause you know, he's got the other three, three lift groups with the team. Um, so the guys that were getting ready for the pro day and combine, we'd go at 11 and we get done around one fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, you know, that was, that was pretty much it. I'd, I'd watch film later in the day and, um, but training wise, it was just, just almost like any, any other off season. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not sure if you saw this, but Ben Barch, the St. John's offensive tackle, got a lot of love for this monster shake he'd put together, scrambled eggs, Gatorade. And do you have do you have like any crazy diet stuff that you've done to kind of like, stay, I guess, not pack weight because or keep weight? Do you do any of that like major calorie intake or anything like that? No, I don't do any. I don't do anything crazy <laughs> like that. Um, sounds like you're just gifted with 320 pounds. It sounds like you don't need to do a ton to, to even keep or anything. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess it, on the weekend if I eat a little bit too much, I'll go to the sauna, like just just like just like wrestling. I did for wrestling in high school. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I just try, try and eat healthy and you know get get a, a good amount of calories in for the day because I mean, if your your body's like a machine, you have to put fuel in it to go. So um, I just pretty much eat normal. Sounds like you're just naturally gifted, man. I mean, a sauna, I wish a sauna could do me work like you saying it. <laughs> but um, I also want to talk a little bit about your teammates. So AJ Epinesa did, maybe maybe didn't have the combine that people you know people expected from him. But if you could just speak to him as a player, speak to him as a you know a teammate, and what he is, what he brings to the locker room, what does he bring to the field? Yeah, you know, coming in coming into Iowa, I was a little intimidated of him. Um, you know, because he's he's a five star. You know, I've seen there's videos of him you know, dunking like crazy in high school. I, I played with him down at the, the Army All-American Bowl in high school. So at Iowa, but he was just, you know, he's, he's a great teammate. He comes to work every day, ready to go. Um, so it, it's been great because, you know, we just try and make each other better. But, you know, like he, like you said, he might not have the combine he wanted, but uh, I talked to him uh, the next day and I just said, you know, nobody expects you to be a speed guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, just come back at pro day and, and, and run again. Like you're, you're going to be just fine like I, like I know what he can do and, and you know if, if people watch his tape then it, he's he's produced you know like he had oh boy I can you remember the amount of sacks he had his freshman year but playing half or less than half the snaps um so I mean his tape his tape doesn't lie and yeah and, and I know what kind of player he is and everyone in the Iowa building knows what kind of player he is and um having him on our team and, and in the locker room was you know was amazing you know uh, for our three years there what, what was it like going against him in practice I'm sure that must have been a tough task yeah 100 percent um like I said, we had some battles, but um, if I wasn't going 100%, I wasn't making him better. If he wasn't going 100%, he wasn't making me better. And you know, I think my favorite part was one-on-ones because he beat me sometimes, I beat him sometimes, and it, it'd be fun because he would tell me if he saw something, he said, "Oh, I thought you get a little bit overset. That's why I took the inside." Just kind of little feedback we gave each other um, to to try and you know better to try and better ourselves. Um, so it's been, you know it was it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm, 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 it sounds like it. I think Epinesa for sure. Another player I came away really impressed with on tape is Geno Stone. Looks like a very smart player on tape, very oh, instinctual. Yeah. Can you speak to his, you know what he's like in the locker room, what he's like on the practice field? Yeah, I think Geno's a natural leader. I mean, you know, he kind of took over that um, that safety position, and you know, he's making the calls for the defense and him, him along with the linebackers. But um, I think the coolest thing is like his ball, ball hawking ability, being able to track down players. Like there's a clip against Michigan where he comes from like 20. 20- Cards deep, maybe, and just I think he might have hit the guy at the line of scrimmage, but like you can't, you can't do stuff like that, you know, ability to come down the hill and, and and pop guys. Um, which is you know, you know, he's he's one of my good buddies. We, we're in this, all us three are all in the same class, so it's it's nice, sure, and and compete with each other. Great, man. Well, I mean, that's all I really wanted from you. Really impressed with the workout. Really impressed with what you did at this combine. I think sky's the limit for you at the next level. I, I wish, again, I wish I could eat what I, whatever I wanted and go to the sauna to stay weight. But uh, I guess not all of us are Tristan Wirfs. But, uh, again, really appreciate the time. And um, let's connect later in the process, if so. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Cool, man. Have a good one.